0: Well, it is good to be here. I will not keep you standing long, but I do want to take you to the word of the Lord tonight and, um, talk to you about something that, um, perhaps will help you in your prayer life and in the ministry that God has laid before each of us. First Timothy chapter one and um, we're going to look down to the end of that uh, chapter first timothy chapter 1 and verse number 18 first timothy chapter 1 and verse number 18 and the new the, the king james version said this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. I want to read it from another translation. I believe it's called the Good News Bible. But verse number 18 reads like this. Timothy, my child, I entrust to you this command, which is in accordance with the words of prophecy. Thank you, sir. Some of you don't know what that's all about. (laughs) You're going to find out sooner or later. So let me finish reading my Bible, all right? I entrust you this command, which is in accordance with the words of prophecy spoken in the past about you. Use those words as weapons... In order to fight well and keep your faith and a clear conscience. Now, if you'll give me permission, I want to read that from another translation called the Passion Translation. He said, So Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping With the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you with this encouragement, use your prophecies As weapons, as you wage spiritual warfare by faith, use your prophecies. The things that have been spoken over your life, those are going to become the weapons by which you will do warfare in the present. Everybody said amen. Don't have a title, but... God will help you understand what that's going to be. You may be seated. <clears throat> I have been thoroughly chastised by several. Our uh, uh, building uh, manager. And then my wife rolled her eyes at me, and that said enough. So I feel thoroughly straightened out tonight. But um had a little mishap yesterday. We were in the old auditorium there. We're making some preparations to start taking uh, things down, and I stepped off the platform, and my calf muscle tore. So I may be hobbling around for a few weeks, but I'm not. I'm not going to hobble right now. But anyway, this passage of Scripture captured my attention a while back, and it's just been somewhere on the back burner for a long time. But I think it speaks to us tonight, especially the age group that we represent. For, for the most part, there are some younger people here tonight, but most of us are, uh, above the age of, uh, 40 and, uh, some of us are closer to a higher age than that. But sometimes we wonder why we're still here. Sometimes we wonder what the whole purpose in us being here is. And I hope I can help you understand that tonight. I think we all understand that we are in a battle tonight. And it's not with physical forces, but it is a spiritual battle. Paul said in another passage that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers rulers of darkness and wickedness in high places there is a spiritual element involved in the battle it perhaps might be easier if we were in a battle with forces that we could see but many times we battle things that we cannot see and We only are aware that they are there and they are opposing us in our efforts and they stand in the way of God's fulfillment for our life. And so life becomes a war, a warfare and a battle at times that seems perhaps too great for us and perhaps it seems impossible. That we could even dare think of standing and serving God. And, and so it was in this context, I believe that Paul was desirous to help a young preacher who was embarking on a new role as a pastor of a church and one that evidently from reading the New Testament books of Timothy, first and second Timothy, it was rather overwhelming to this young man. In second Timothy, he reminds the young man that he was, he is not called in by fear. He is, he is called with power and with authority and he, he needs to operate in that realm. But it's obvious from reading other passages that That Timothy evidently wrestled with a sense of inadequacy and a feeling of being unqualified. How many times have we felt that way? And I think Paul realized that if he was going to be effective as the pastor of that church and as a leader of people, He he needed to be reminded of some crucial things. And so Paul begins with verse 1, and he, in a way, begins to weave a narrative that will finally end up at Timothy's doorstep and remind him that you are not here by accident. You are not here by your own desire. You are not in this situation because you were grand enough or you were smart enough to figure out all of life and put yourself at this place in time in this situation. He said, I remind you, Timothy, that you are chosen. You have been chosen for this purpose and for this cause and for this season and this ministry in your life. And the fact that you have been chosen in itself ought to inspire you and encourage you that if God chose me, then certainly God knew what he was doing in putting me here where I am. And I think sometimes the enemy enjoys using our sense of inadequacy to overwhelm us because of what we are facing. And we need to be reminded from time to time that we are a chosen generation. Man, say that with me. We are a chosen Generation. We are not here of our own calling. We are not here of our own merit. But God saw fit. He saw something in us that was worthy of investing himself in. And he has brought us to this place, not by accident, but by divine purpose. And even though we may feel overwhelmed at where we are and what we're facing God said, it's all right because you're chosen. And if you're chosen, that in itself is going to be an encouragement. I didn't put myself here. I've said it before. I say it again tonight. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, what do you know? He didn't get there by himself. Amen. And none of us got here by ourselves. There's been word that has been preached over us and to us and put in us that has helped bring us to where we are tonight. And that was not a wasted investment on God's part. That was a divinely purposed plan. That everything God has put in us, he has put in us for a purpose. He didn't put in it. He didn't put it in us just so we would feel good about ourselves. He didn't put it in you so you can just speak in other tongues every once in a while. And uh, enjoy the blessings of, of that miraculous experience in your life. He didn't fill you so that you would go through life wondering why did you do that. He said, I have called you for a purpose. I have called you with a purpose in mind. And when you pray, you need to pray boldly because you're chosen. You don't need to come hesitantly before the throne of grace, but you need to come boldly before the throne of grace in your time of need. Because God has chosen you and you have a privilege as his chosen ones to do that. Now, I don't welcome just anybody into my home, but especially into my my bedroom But I tell you what, there's a young little lady that runs around the church here that pretty much has rule of the house and she can come in anytime she wants. Why? Because there's a relationship there that gives her that right and privilege. She can go open the refrigerator door and get anything out of it that she wants. And if she's too lazy, she'll just say, Poppy, I think I need an ice cream. And guess what? Topic goes in and gets an ice cream. Why? Because there's a relationship there. And there, there's something about living for God that we have failed to understand is that when he put his spirit in us, there was a relationship that was developed there. And that investment in my life connected him to me in more than just the simple ways that we sometimes think. God said, Hey, now that we're together, now that we're connected, you need to live in the power of the fact and knowledge that you are a chosen individual and if you are chosen then I have qualified you to do what I have called you to do you know what I've learned about God God takes the most unlikely people to use for his glory he said in in Corinthians not many wise not many noble And I've often wondered, God, do you not want wise? And that wasn't what he was talking about. I think what he was referring to was the fact that what he calls may not look like much, but because he called you and because he put his hand on you, you're qualified to do what you're doing because God has put his qualifications on you. Amen. Amen. He put his stamp on you. He said, you're chosen. Amen. You're chosen. You need to understand that because when you pray, that will help you pray more boldly. I'm not an orphan. I'm a child. Amen. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. Even though I live in a spirit of servanthood, he said it. a son doesn't know the father's will, only a son. So you and I have been brought in and we have been made sons and daughters because he wants us to know his will. He wants us to know his plan. He wants us to be able to fulfill his purpose. And so he has placed us in a relationship where God can communicate what is needed to you and I so we can fulfill his purpose. But oftentimes we're overwhelmed and we're like Timothy. We're hiding And we're intimidated by what we're called to do and we feel unqualified. And so Paul takes pen to hand and he begins to remind them, you are a chosen man. You have been chosen for this purpose. You have been chosen for this hour. So you need to pray more boldly because you're chosen. You need to worship more fervently because you're chosen. Amen. Amen. You don't just come in here as an orphan. We're children. Amen. We belong to somebody. We have his imprint on us. And because we have his imprint on us and his name on us, we have privileges. We can go to the refrigerator anytime we want to. We don't, we, we, we don't have to wonder if it's okay. Whatever's in there is ours because he put it in there for us to enjoy. The reason this word is so full of good stuff is so that you will dig into it and discover what all God invested in us and what all God made available to us so we will utilize that and use it for his purpose. Amen. So you are chosen. You've been assigned a responsibility. And though sometimes that assignment seems overwhelming, it's still possible. And I believe the reason that God chooses the things that he chooses is so that they will not glory in themselves, but in him. Amen. Because if we had all the qualifications, when we got through, we would be taking the credit for it. God said, I'm going to set the stage so that when it's done, everybody's going to look around and say, how in the world did that get done? I'm going to tell you how it got done because somebody was chosen and when God put them where he wanted to put them, they became a weapon. They became a tool that could tear down the works of darkness and, and push back the, the works of, of evil uh, in the, in the world in which they live. And they work in that knowledge that they have an assignment. They're called for a purpose. Amen. You you and I have been given a great trust. The word assignment that is used in the original in in Timothy. That is speaking of a great trust that has been given. Something valuable is involved. Something incredibly valuable. And we may be or we may feel unworthy. And we may feel weak. And we may even fear fearful sometimes. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. If you have fear, it didn't come from God. God didn't give me the spirit of fear. He gave me the spirit of a sound mind. He gave me the spirit of power. Man. So if I'm dealing with fear, it's probably because of something else. And I need to understand where it's coming from. So Paul said... This is what you need to learn how to do. This is the crux of what I want to get at. You need to learn how to use the prophecies. You need to learn how to use the word that has been spoken over your life. You need to learn how to use all of that preaching you've heard through your lifetime. You need to let that become a weapon in your hand that you go to war with. And every time the devil sticks his head up, you say, I remind you that I am not the tail, but I am the head. I am above and not beneath. I remind you that greater is he that is in me, than he that is. I need to take that prophecy, that word that has been given me and use it as a weapon to wage my spiritual warfare. I'm going to tell you right now, all of us in this building have heard enough preaching in our life to be saved a hundred times over. But sometimes we don't utilize what we've been given. we got to have another one to prop us up. We've got to have another one to keep us going. And the truth is, God's saying, Timothy, I've already put enough in you, so use what I've given you. Just start using the prophecies. And if you go over to 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul talks about it a little further in depth. When he talks about when they laid the hands on him and prophecy words were spoken over him of his purpose and his ministry. He said that. That you heard that day, that is supposed to become something in your spirit that drives you when you pray. And you're not timid about praying and you're not intimidated by your circumstances. But you pray in the power of the knowledge of the word of God that has been spoken over you. And you let me take care of the rest of it because my word will never fail. Amen. You can't get any better than that, folks. Here is how you and I can be the most effective in the time in which we live. It will have to do with not your skills, not my talents, but it has to do with what God has spoken into my life. You see, what God speaks into my life trumps what life has spoken into my life. What God speaks into my life trumps what other people have said about my life. You you probably don't have any critics, but I had a few people in life that wrote me off a long time ago. He'll never amount to anything. He'll never do anything. You know what? Sometimes I, I, I think they were right. Then God reminds me, no, they're not right. You need to remember what I said about you. If I called you, that's all that matters. You need to live in that fact that you are chosen by me. And if I chose you, I chose you for a purpose. I didn't choose you because of your skills. I chose you because of my skills. I didn't choose you because of your talent. I chose you because what I can do. And what I need you to learn how to do is operate in what I am and what I can do in your life. And if you'll just learn how to operate in me, nothing shall be impossible with you. There is no mountain too high. There is no struggle go too great that you can't overcome. And so what you need to start doing is utilizing all those sermons. You know, some people forget that, you know, they think that that's just something that they just heard and they move on, but Every sermon i 've ever heard in my life, every message that 's ever been preached, God allowed it to be preached it wasn 't enough it wasn 't a different one maybe i wouldn 't have been in that other service, but in that service he had this word spoken, and then he in another service he had that word spoken then and, and then another one he had this one spoken and and we look at all that and we wonder it 's all too random, but God said there 's nothing random about me i 'm putting stuff in you today that you're gonna need tomorrow I put stuff in you 20 years ago I put stuff in you 30 years ago that was for this hour in which you live and the reason you're still here and the reason you're not under the ground is because I still have something for you to do in this hour and what you need to do is stop thinking about retiring and stop thinking about not being useful and realize that God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this and all that has been put into my life has been put into it for this moment your future is brighter than your past amen And so what you need to do is start doing what Paul said Timothy needed to do. You need to use those prophecies. Use that word that has been spoken over your life and just remind God, God, this isn't my word, this is your word. And you said, there is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. You said, your angels encamp round about them that fear him. Yeah, you said and remind him. Say, well, Brother Hughes, I don't know if I have, I, I, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. Why not? Isn't that what Paul said to Timothy? You need to use what you've been given as a weapon to do warfare. Amen. You need to go out inspired. You ought to be inspired by every word you've ever heard preached. And some of you have got a rich, rich heritage of the good word preached into you. You've heard some of the best people in your, in, in a lifetime that, that, that poured the word of God. Amen. And every message preached, God gave all of that for this time. That's what he was telling Timothy. All that prophecy. That wasn't just so you feel good about yourself. That wasn't just so you get up and shout a little bit. That was for this. I spoke that over you because I saw this coming. I gave you that message because I saw this day arriving. And when you got here, I didn't want you to be intimidated by the day. I didn't want you to be overwhelmed by your weakness and your inability. I wanted you to revel in the power of God that he can do impossible things. And he can take nothing and make something of it. And he can use the smallest things to fulfill his purpose. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise right now. I said it earlier, but I say it again. Sometimes we wonder why we are still here. Amen. Why God has not already taken us. And I have a simple answer for you. Because he's not through with you yet. Whenever he gets through with me, he'll take me and not a moment before. Amen. I don't live in fear that I might die next week or next month or next moment. If that's when God said it's over, that's fine with me. But I want to make sure that I live in the present. I want to make sure that I realize that God didn't call greater life church to this moment for us to be overwhelmed and intimidated by what is before us but if we look back over our life you can start recounting the time that God has spoken words of prophecy over our church and over us and we didn't understand we thought it was for that moment right then but oh no it was for this moment that we're moving into right now it was for this hour that He spoke those words. And so now I step up and I say, God, if you said it, it's got to come to pass because it's your word and your word will not fail. Come on, clap your hands and praise him right now. The most amazing thing about God's word is that every message I've ever heard preached has been preached to prepare me for this moment of my life. All the prayers are coming together, one translation said. Timothy, all the prayers that have been prayed over you are coming together right now. That, that's amazing to me when I think about the many prayers going all the way back to elder brother and sister Madden and the many countless prayers that that sweet woman prayed over this church and over this community and even before that people, brother Wright who labored in Link City for years and he prayed over this city and he pled the blood of Jesus over this city and he may not have seen the harvest in that day that we are enjoying today but all of those prayers all of those prayers, every prayer of Sister Wright, every prayer of Brother Wright, every prayer of Brother Madden, every prayer of Sister Madden, every prayer of my mother and dad, every prayer of the elders in your family have been come they're coming together right now, and they're coming together for this moment to me I wish I could shout right now because that's awful exciting. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. All of the prayers are coming together, so you will do what is before you well. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I love that. All the prayers are coming together, so you will do this that you have been called to do well. You know my greatest fear? My greatest fear is that I will come short of what God has prepared for this moment. That my eyes will not see enough. That my vision will not be large enough. That my faith will not be grand enough. That my expectations will not be high enough. To enjoy the capacity of blessings that God has Put together for this hour, all those prayers, all of Brother Kilgore's prayers, all of CP Kilgore's prayers. All of, of the elders that have gone on. The, the 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 men and women who were faithful in their prayer life. And they prayed over this city and over this community. And all the way back to the early eighteen nineteen hundreds 1900s. When they got off of the train in Alvin, Texas. And right there in the middle of that community revival broke out. And countless received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know what I've been praying? I've been praying, God. Whatever stirred back then, that spirit that stirred in that hour, I'm asking you to stir that spirit again. Whatever it was that produced that back then, I'm asking you. God said, hey, I got something to tell you. I did that because of this hour. I did that because I wanted you to believe in your day that greater things could happen, that greater miracles could take place, that greater works of the Holy Ghost could happen because I showed you what I can do. I showed you what is possible. That's not a limitation. That's an invitation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey man, we, we, we get this wrong. We, we sometimes make something that happens and that's the high watermark. That's the, that's the ultimate. And God smiles at it and said, oh, you misunderstood. That wasn't a limitation. That was just an invitation. If I can do that, what else do you need done? Amen. All of it. All of those prayers. Think about all the prayers. How many of you have had godly people in your life that were praying people? Amen. Think about all the prayers they prayed through the years. All of them. They're coming together. And Paul said, Timothy, i got to remind you, you're not here by yourself. You may think you're all alone in this city, but you're, there's prayers that have been going up for a long time that God's channeling this direction right now. And what you need to do is learn how to reach out and take hold of those and begin to use those as weapons in your war. Amen. Instead of being intimidated and overwhelmed, get a hold of those prophecies. Take that word and say, God, this is your word. This isn't my word. This is your word. And your word said and start reading. Sometimes I just come in here and I open my Bible and I start reading to God. Now, that may seem a little bit audacious and it may seem a little bit bold. But I just sometimes want to remind him, now this is what you said. The reason that I am trusting you is because... You told me that if I would trust in you, you would not fail me. The reason that I have faith that you can heal me is because your word encourages me to to have. The only reason that I'm even thinking that this is possible is because you said nothing shall be impossible. The only reason that I'm saying God turn them around is because you turned others around that were in the same situation they were in. amen Amen. praise god you said really use i think that's a little bit too bold i don't think i think i don't know god would be happy with you telling him i don't think that bothers the lord at all i think he finally realized he's he might be getting it this is not about him anyway amen sometimes we make this about us I'm trying to help us understand this isn't about us. You quit looking at us. Our limitations oftentimes limit what God is wanting to do. Our limitations hinder what grace is wanting to accomplish. We say, well, we only. You know, we need to take only out of our vocabulary. Only. We're only this strong, we're only this large, we're only this, you know, that word is a limitation. And if we're not careful, we say, if only. Or somebody says, well, that's true, only. And immediately we put the constraints on God. God said, you need to move that that word out of your vocabulary. Maybe you don't have to. But I need to move that word out of my vocabulary. Because there's nothing that is too hard for him. Nothing. 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 Say that with me. Nothing. nothing. Say it until you believe it. Nothing. Nothing. No thing. Nothing. Nothing. thing. Nothing is impossible with him. Amen. So what do I need to do? I need to start reaching back and pulling all those good sermons I've heard through my lifetime. Pull them up and say, okay, God, you gave me that for this. And go to battle. Amen. Satan, I come to you. You come to me with a sword and a sling. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not by might. It is not by power. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Yes. Amen. God said, take the limitations off. And I want you to understand that everything I've invested in your life up until now is for this time. Use it wisely. Use it well. Use it properly. Amen. Quit staggering around, and I'm not saying you are, but quit walking around in a daze wondering, what am I here for? If you're still breathing, you're here for a purpose. And you may not be able to do what you once did, but you can do something that God needs. Amen. I told someone the other day, your ministry may change, but your usefulness is not. God still has a purpose for all of us. And we need to understand that all of this stuff that's gone on in our life, all of the things we've had to go through, everything, every pain, every sorrow. I, I don't want to mess it up because I'm working on a message right now, something that inspired me. But if you go read First Corinthians, first Chronicles chapter twenty two. It talks about all the things that David stored up. For the building of the temple, he wasn't going to be able to build it because he was a man of war, and God would not allow that. But it didn't prevent him from bringing together everything that was needed. So when Solomon became the king, he would have every resource needed for the for the building of the temple. All of the gold, all of the silver, all of the lead, all of the nails, all of the timber, all of it was provided. And in verse number. 14 he tells us where all of that came from he said all of those resources that are going to be put into the building of the temple came out of my troubles <laughs> they came out of my troubles God doesn't waste anything and the stuff that we discount, God uses. And so when, when Solomon started building the temple, and I'm going to go ahead and waste it tonight. But God, some of you are going to have to have amnesia and not remember this because I do want to come back and preach it to the whole church. But when Solomon began to build the temple in all of its beauty, everything in that temple was a reflection of trouble overcome. Good. (laughs) All of the gold, all of the jewels, all of the timber, all of those came out of David's trouble. Amen. Could I help you understand tonight that all those troubles that God has allowed you to go through has been for the purpose of furnishing the temple with what was needed so it can shine in its glory. And if you ever had to go back and redo your life, don't ever take one thing out because all of it was needed to get you where you are. And God said, I'm going to use that in a way that's going to astonish men. The temple that Solomon built was considered one of the wonders of the world. And the queen of Sheba came to see about it. I've heard about this place. And you know what? She came and the Bible says that she observed the way they conducted themselves in the king's house. And the food that they ate. And the way they carried themselves. And she said, ooh, this takes my breath away. Woo, This, this just takes the life. I, I'm so overwhelmed. The hat has not even been told to me. You know what I want people to do when they walk in our new facility? I don't want them to look around and say, ooh, this, what I want is them to have a spiritual experience that takes their breath away. That when, what they look at isn't the beauty. What they look at is that trials have been overcome and adversity has been overcome and troubles have been outlived and pain has been put aside so that we can pursue the purpose and the will of God and let God's blessings be upon our lives. And if we do anything, we're going to rejoice that God has counted us worthy to suffer so that we could come to this moment in our life. Stand to your feet with me right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Amen. Let me go back and read that verse again to you. I didn't mean to get so excited tonight. Praise God. He said, so Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility, this assignment, in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment. Amen. They're now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping... With the prophecies spoken over you. Amen. 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 In keeping with the prophecies spoken over your life. And are now in the process of being fulfilled. With this encouragement. Use your prophecies. As weapons. In your spiritual war. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? If I was the devil tonight, I'd be terrified to look out at you right now. Because what I see in you is a lifetime of God's blessings and God's favor and God's goodness and God's mercy. And the only hope that he has, the only hope that he has is that we will forget who we are and quit living like God's kids and live intimidated and overwhelmed by the hour. But if we ever wake up and realize that God has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this, he has no chance. He has no hope amen I said amen those kingdoms are coming down those children are coming home those backsliders are coming back those miracles are going to happen amen God's going to fulfill his promise because he's a promise keeper amen whoo I need to shut up. Hallelujah. Use all of that word that you've been given through your life. Use it as a weapon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Satan, get thee behind me. Amen. Ah, oh, get thee behind me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you need to walk out of this place tonight knowing one thing, two things, three things. You're chosen and you're armed. Oh, yes, you are. You're armed. You've got what you need right now in your possession. You need to just start using it. Speak it over your family. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your home. Speak that word over your situation, over your job, over your neighborhood. Let the word of God begin to come out of your mouth. Let it be based on what you've been given all through your life that has brought you to this moment. Man, that's what will make you effective in the kingdom of God. That's what will make a difference. Not how fancy we are. Not how... All the other stuff we use as props. It's all right to have some of that stuff, but I don't want to be dependent on it. I'm not looking for that to produce a move of God. What I'm looking to produce a move of God is for saints like you to come walking through those doors knowing that I'm armed and I'm dangerous. (laughs) I'm armed and I'm dangerous. I'm not dangerous to you, but I'm dangerous to darkness. Oh, come on and clap your hands and let's praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God, God bless you tonight. Tell somebody, you know what? <clears throat> I am chosen. That's all right to say that I am chosen. Praise God. I'm chosen.